Are you ready? It's that time! What up? Welcome to season two, episode 22 of Man Buns and Jesus. Uh, as you can see, Josh and I are in, in hockey mode now. Uh, preseason hockey has begun, so we are letting the flow go. I was uh, actually at a preseason hockey game last night. That is why there is coffee in my hand right now. I am so proud of you, Josh. <laughs> we have transformed this Southern boy into a fan of the the great Canadian uh, street fright fight that ac- occasionally has sporting action involved. Um, <laughs> he knows it's true. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Men, Buns, and Jesus. Josh, what are we talking about today? Oh, yeah, that's Josh. I'm Ben, both <laughs> pastors. Josh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> In case you're listening, this voice is Josh's voice. Um, not that it really matters that much. Um, we're not talking about hockey today as much as we probably could and <laughs> probably will at some point. Uh, it depends on how our respective team seasons go. Mm-hmm. And uh, but no, today we're we're kind of just blown off steam, uh, ranting a little bit, a lot of bit about music and and kind of most specifically worship music although if i know myself popular music's probably going to come up at some point um and when i say worship music i don't just mean like band worship music i mean any music that's used in worship so this includes hymns this includes like contemporary worship songs um just about the the songs and the music themselves Kind of the disclaimer to throw out here: If you are a uh, a worship musician, if you are someone who plans worship, uh, this is not a rant about you. If you're a songwriter, this rant might potentially be about you, I guess, but uh, nothing personal. So there's that. Um, and getting started, Ben, since. We're just kind of being up front with this whole rant theme. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what, is, what is your greatest frustration with, with worship music? Like when, when you think, what are the problems with worship music? What is number one on your list? Uh, contextualizing things. So it's a big word. That's an SAT word. If you it listen last week, fit. folks, this episode, we're, we're going to try and balance out all of the IQ points in that episode by not having any this episode. So <laughs> but the music just doesn't fit style wise, theme wise, like. So. My biggest frustration with and I'm going to we are equal opportunity offenders here at Man Buns and Jesus. Uh, if not, if everyone is slightly uncomfortable at the end of this episode, we've we've done our job. Um, on the on the contemporary side of things, I have a really hard time finding music about anything outside of just the the pure act of salvation or Jesus' death on the cross. 
like it's rare to find actual theological nuance in a in a contemporary song um and so even though sometimes they're contextually more appropriate for you know spaces or settings i'm in there's no chance i'm using it because like i can't actually find anything related to what we're preaching or teaching on that day and then on the flip side of things some of the hymns in our hymnal are nigh on impossible for people who are trained to sing uh to sing like i went through two and a half years of high school choir uh three and a half years of collegiate choir uh i know how to to sight read at least for for singing doesn't mean i can necessarily hit every note correctly the first time every time but you know i, I try and i know a lot of these tunes uh or in general how some of these styles of music work still doesn't mean that i can actually follow along with some of these hymns and it's just because this the style is not what we know i'm sure that they were great back when they were written but good gravy some of these things are just borderline unsingable uh and it's unfortunate because it's the opposite problem of of what we have in the contemporary side of things where there's good theology well, there right it's four it's chords just, and you can have any song exactly um yeah i can speak to so uh ben was going on and on about his musical experience and i knew what most of those words meant um, <laughs> no i have i have very little thanks cal like formal musical background um and i can like at, at seminary is when it really happened a lot because in in chapel at seminary they pick a lot of hymns that you would never sing in a congregation and we'd start singing them and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea what, what tempo am I supposed to sing this at? Because it doesn't seem to be consistent. I don't know what, what note or pitch or like, so I just kind of sat in the back and, and shut my mouth because I had no idea at all how to sing that hymn. Mm -hmm. um, so I can speak to that as a musically illiterate person. yeah we, we've now defined our bases here for ranting and on i mean i know josh that uh joel your your vicar slash worship leader uh often does a lot of the the music selection for you in your in your worship services and i end up like i pick hymns and i we have a contemporary guy that comes in occasionally and i'll work with him to pick music um but when you're trying to put a service together where things are consistent and like you don't just throw something in there haphazardly because it sounds cool, like your options are kind of limited. Right. And it um, is annoying. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'll be I'll be very transparent with this, I guess. So how I. I incorporate the songs of worship into the rest of worship in two ways, because um, Joel does most of the planning, you know, anywhere from a couple weeks to a month in advance. Um, so the songs are 
are chosen for the most part long before I have even looked at the sermon texts, much less planned the service. Um, and the first way I do it is when I'm going through my sermon preparation. And when I say sermon prep, I don't mean writing the sermon. I mean the two to four hours I spend studying the text before I write the sermon so that I, I'm using it faithfully. I'm talking about it faithfully. And one of the steps of that process is I look at Joel's music for the week and I see, is there anything that I can pull in here? Is there anything I can use here? And, and sometimes there is. Um, being totally honest more times than not there isn't and that's no fault of anyone's except for what ben mentioned earlier it's just a lot of those songs don't have a ton of theological depth so unless i'm doing a very you know non-challenging sermon i'm probably not bringing those songs up but the other way I use it is when I, whenever I have a prayer or like anything that's around the songs, I will use language from the song in that prayer or introduction or whatever it is, right? Um, so if it's, say the last song we sing in our worship set is um, So Will I, right? And it, it talks, I mean, the core of it is we're going to serve God like all of creation does. And so if i'm praying after that i might say you know god we we really we do strive to serve you and we know that all of creation serves you and and kind of use that to start the prayer mm -hmm. um so the incorporation is there but but you're right it's it's hard and i think this is my frustration with most of christian music um especially and this is maybe going to put me out of touch with a lot of the people who listen to this but especially christian rap mm. um and it all and it all feels very out of touch with reality for me mm. like i i do not have i don't listen to christian radio stations if you go in my car the first four radio presets are alternative alternative pop hip-hop and then there's a christian station and that's because chris sometimes drives my car and chris likes to listen to christian radio that's and i can't do it because it just it feels so out of touch it, it's very i think you said this before the episode not in the episode but it's very happy clappy like a lot of a lot of Christian music is kind of it it almost sounds like I'm a Christian so now everything in my life is great and yeah. not only is that not biblical that's not reality right mm -hmm. um and the, the reason I called out Christian rap specifically is rap as a genre is very much centered around stories of struggle mm -hmm. um like if you listen to Eminem it's not stories about how everything has gone great in his life, right? It's stories about his drug addicted mom and, and, you know, his struggles with poverty and drug addiction. And it's like, it's not happy stuff. And you go to Christian rap and it's all, you know, 
everything's great. And, and I listen to it and I'm like, that's not, that's not the world we live in. You need to listen um, to more NF. No, that's, that's my exception. That's my asterisk. <laughs> and if you're looking for a, a Christian rapper who is in touch with reality, listen to NF. Um, it killed me a couple of years ago, the, the college, um, the national playoff, the college football national playoff, their promo had like, a, everyone was going to a party because they were going to this big game and they, they were using NF's beat and his line from his, uh, I think it's still his most recent album. Maybe it was two albums ago, but it's everyone grab your balloons and invite your friends. So all these people were rushing into the stadium with balloons, you know, they were all happy it was a party. In that song, if you listen to the whole thing, the balloons are, he's talking about mental illness and depression. He's like, everybody grab your issues and let's go like deal with our issues. So I, every time I saw that commercial, I was like, that song does not mean what you guys uh, <laughs> think it means. Um, so, cause that's my, that's my biggest gripe is so looping back to, you know, connecting it with a sermon. If your sermon is going to be honest at all in dealing with the realities of our world with people who are suffering, people who are sinful and broken and hurting, you've, you've disconnected from a vast majority of modern Christian worship and a vast majority of hymns as well. Like, I feel like to get a, a good depressing hymn, you almost have to pull it from the Lent section of the hymnal. Um, which, to be fair, in the Lent section of the hymnal, they have plenty of good depressing <laughs> hymns. Um, yeah. 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 I think, I'll be honest here. How deep do I want to go here? I we're okay. We're keeping this low IQ level, so not going to go that deep. Um, but there have been multiple times where I'm setting up a service and uh, I'm trying to pick music. I'm trying to pick a hymn, and like the verse that I am meditating on for my sermon, the verse that I am meditating on as the theme for that day and that I want to kind of reflect in the music choice that I make will drive me to, I'm a metalhead, so it'll drive me to a metal song. Uh, and if you want a taste of my musical tastes, I can I play something <laughs> some point in, in worship or for someone privately, but um, I don't need to blow your ears out in the middle of one of our podcasts here. Also, we um, have absolutely no copyright to play any. <laughs> also true. Also true. Um, <laughs> and the, I don't remember exactly what the text was, but I was prepping a sermon in the spring. I think it was in the wake of Easter. And it was like, the, the message was Christ wins but life still is a struggle. And like, there will be times where it feels like a knockdown drag out fight. And immediately my head went to a song by a band called O Sleeper, 
very heavy death metal. Uh, and the breakdown of the song is we rip the horns off the devil. Um, and it is just a, a fantastic line. And like, I wanted to convey that with a hymn, and I couldn't, I couldn't think of a way to do it. And it took me like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes of bouncing around to other things and kind of keeping that in the back of my mind to actually pick something. And even then it didn't feel quite right. Um, um, first, when you were describing what led you to that song, the first thing that came to mind for me was let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Another song you can't do in worship. Um, <laughs> no, I got a, I got a similar story. I was, I was writing a sermon on Jonathan, son of Saul. Mm -hmm. And kind of the big, the big uh, character trait I was pulling out of his was loyalty. Mm -hmm. And the song that I could not get out of my head while I was writing the sermon, and I was closer than I should have been to incorporating it into the sermon, was the song, These Hoes Ain't Loyal. <laughs> But every time I was like, no, I can't. I even, I pulled up the song. I pulled up the lyrics to see like, can I do this? And uh, no. Definitively no, the answer not. was no. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and, and I think this is something I've actually thought a lot about for, for me being a non, a non-musical guy, not a particularly deep thinker. Um, but a lot of the song, the secular songs I listen to, I think there is an echo there of a Christian reality. Mm -hmm. And you could very easily take those songs out of context and make them into a, like I could preach a lot of these songs. Like I'm just, um, so there's, I, I'm trying to, there's a song, it comes out, it's on my workout playlist, which is not Christian music at all. Uh, what I've done by Linkin Park, Linkin Park is not a Christian band. It's, it's not, but every time I hear what I've done, I'm like, this is, this is the story of humanity. This is the story of the fall. Um, there, there's even a little bit of redemptive messaging in there. Um, so they're they're humble mm -hmm. by kendrick lamar right there there's a lesson there um so there's i'm an advocate and and my congregation i think has experienced this a little bit i think there's value to taking secular music and saying like this is something that humanity experiences and then a lot of times you bring in and this is how God responds to us um, so much. So there was a um, this was almost a year ago at this point, I did a sermon on. Oh, goodness, I think it was on prayer was was kind of the theme. And I don't know if you've ever heard the song Secrets by One Republic. Mm -hmm. But the entire sermon 
had an instrumental of secrets going in the background and there was a refrain in the sermon that was a admittedly slightly altered version of the refrain from that song um so i think you know worship worship music i have a problem with it because it's out of touch and i think that has brought me to a place where in especially in sermons because that's kind of my my biggest role in worship um Mm -hmm. as far as like what i what i put in right like communion you could you could definitely argue theologically is more valuable but like i have very little to do with what goes on there um so sermons a lot of times like part of i'll think you know do i bring in a secular song to this um which because they i think they're more in touch with reality a lot of times obviously not all the time but um uh, another one is razor's edge by masked wolf has been a big one um he have you have you heard the clip that has gone around on social media astronaut in the ocean i think so okay so first of all if you get a chance y'all listen to that whole song it's actually pretty great right it's not just the seven second clip that's good that it's a it's a pretty decent song um but what's interesting is that this artist like didn't just get lucky with a one hit whatever i i listened to their whole track and i'm like dang this guy's actually pretty good and one of them is razor's edge and it talks about kind of we're living on the edge of of death right we're we're never as far away from it as we think we are and like there's a really deep truth there uh-huh. and so i don't know i think maybe 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 secular music has more of a place in our in our spaces of worship than we think it does um what what would you think about that what would you think about bringing in what is largely a secular song into a worship service i mean so i think the the immediate place that my head goes is the fact that at least some music, because there's obviously songs where the words mean almost nothing. Right. But within certain genres, there's a much heavier emphasis on songwriting. And so the the lyrics are, you know, modern poetry. We don't treasure poetry the way that some of our predecessor generations did. We don't necessarily go about reading it the same way that some of our predecessor generations did. But many of us value at least a handful of secular or Christian artists for their ability to convey the things that we feel and experience, right? And we bring poetry into services and that's that's a tradition that pastors have used for a while to convey emotions, to convey uh, feelings and and situations and um, environments and and so on. Um, and I think like doing doing that, bringing in musical lyrics as a form of poetry to put words to something that um 
we have difficulty conveying can be an incredibly powerful way to do that. I remember uh, we had uh, a pastor from our sister church up the road fill in for me in January when I thought I was going to be gone. I ended up being here, but he was still here and he preached. And I don't remember what song he used. Um, it was a bit, uh, it was a song that I wasn't familiar with from the lyric that he chose. Um, but the lyric was something to the effect of, um, if I jump in this fountain, will I be baptized? And he was, he was preaching on baptism and how, um, people just don't recognize it for what, for the gift that it is anymore. Uh, and that, that lyric kind of perfectly encapsulated that feeling, that emotion in that moment. Um, and I think circling back to our um, topic. Alanis Morissette, Forgiven, is where that lyric comes from. That would, that seems like something that Pastor Chris would listen to. <laughs> and Alanis Morissette, for those of you who don't know, is uh, is an alternative artist. Yeah. Um, it's track six on Jagged Little Pill. I'll have to ask him if that's where it came from. Um, but uh, circling back, I think part of the reason that, you know, he did that part of the reason that I find myself reflecting on music that's not meant for a worship context is because of some of those things that we talked about earlier, where there's just kind of a, there's a, there's a gap, there's a lack, there's a, a hole in our resources for all of us, right? The church got kind of comfortable with the fact that our, our hymns were our hymns and that was good enough. Uh, and then people stopped being able to sing hymns uh, because not everybody has the same kind of musical education anymore and we come from different cultural backgrounds. And so our, our shared musical uh, history and sound, uh, which sounds a little bit more like popular music, um, just isn't prevalent in the way that we write worship music. And when it is, it oftentimes stinks. Yeah. Yeah, and... I guess my my thought because so first of all i'm gonna have several songs stuck in my head after this podcast and i don't know how <laughs> i feel about that yet um but i wonder i wonder how much the intention with which it was written matters in that what what is the difference between a a secular song and a christian song mm-hmm. um you could say the explicit mention of of Jesus or something like that, but I think there are, there are excellent hymns, there are excellent Christian songs that they don't explicitly mention Jesus. He's there, but and I mean, I guess what's the difference with secular? Is it is it the intention of the author? Because like, so I pulled up the lyrics for Razor's Edge, that song I mentioned earlier, and it's. Um, Toast to the reaper when he comes for me. I'm good walking on a razor's edge. I'm good living like I'm already dead. And and kind of the rest of the song 
deals with the the reality of we're used to this world being broken so we're kind of and if you're looking at that and your assumption is this is a secular song it's like oh maybe there's a little bit of nihilism here this is a little depressing this person's really sad but if you read this with like a christian you're you're assuming christian values and stuff like this is this is like first corinthians right here right it's paul's like this world is broken i am suffering but i go on for christ but i'm you know i'm perfectly happy if i if i go to to die to live as christ to die as gain right it's this song is like crazy close to that but that's i mean so what makes it secular is it the intention and does that matter now the except I guess the follow-up question I have is, is it okay for me to use this in worship? And the answer is no, because it's uh, it's rap, and that's not a thing you do together, right? That's not a that's not a corporate worship thing. Um, I don't know that I have anyone in my congregation that can spit bars, so <laughs> no offense. If you're listening to this and you're like, "Hey, I can." A of all, I'm skeptical, and B of all, I'm sorry if I've offended you. So, man, I love this song. That's going to be stuck in my head for a minute. So, I'm trying to... I don't remember um, what hymn it is, and I think I kind of know, but I don't... like. I vaguely remember singing it in seminary and I remember kind of the themes of it, but I don't remember which one it was. In our worship class, it was mentioned to us. I don't know if uh, Joshua was mentioned to you because I know we had different professors for that, but that no, there, is a, there is a hymn in our, in our uh, LCMS hymnals. Um, a denomination that cares more about doctrine and theology than probably possibly any other one yes we are the nerds of the nerds yeah that's our thing right um there is a a hymn in our hymnal written by i believe a unitarian um either a unitarian or a universalist don't remember which we would say is not christian yes uh either way which is a whole different conversation yeah but to speak to josh's point like it's not coming from a christian perspective but it proclaims a a truth about god and who he is in that hymn and it's not like it's a new hymn to our hymnal it's a hymn that's been around for a while um you're gonna figure it out no okay never mind I, i was i was I'm getting ready to step on on something else with it. Okay. But the the point there being, like, we have used non-Christian music already in a in our in our worship contexts. Maybe not us specifically. I think we've sung it here since I've come here. Josh, I'm certain you haven't because you guys barely use hymns. <laughs> Don't at all. do hymns. Yeah. Um Except we've done a mighty fortress a couple times and um, some Christmas and Easter stuff. 
Yeah, and there yeah. are a couple other songs that Joel's rewritten, or like yeah. not rewritten. He's put contemporary instr instrumentation to them. Um, yeah, which is so, always really a pleasure. As a side, yeah. Joel, if you listen, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but if you do, those are a pleasure. I enjoy those every once in a while. Um, I just totally derailed your train of thought, didn't I? No, I think I just found the the hymn yeah. I'm looking for. I will say I think there's probably another reason that we that we can't or shouldn't use secular music in worship. You want to hear what it is? Hmm. CCLI does not cover it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the licensing for it. Yeah, for those uh, of you who don't know, CCLI like it's a essentially it's a subscription you pay and it gives you licensing to most christian music yeah not all but mo if they went through a major label it's it's covered by ccli if they went through a remotely major label it's covered by ccli because even like um concordia publishing house their uh cds that they've put out with like vbs kids music on it i'm pretty sure has a ccli license attached so anyway um all of that is to say like we've done it before and we we'll do bring, it again we can bring in things that help us teach and, and promote uh god through like it is first article wisdom it is wisdom that is gained from people looking out at the world and going well darn this must be a truth of our reality there there's something wrong with us i suppose there's probably some sort of higher power this must be how things operate and like they speak to that in 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 art in music uh and as pastors when we hear those things, when we hear those reflections, even if they're coming from a non-Christian perspective, we're like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. I want to I want to dive into this a little bit more. I want to pick that brain uh, and, and pick this apart and see what what's useful for for me to more, know more about this, this God that we love and worship in that. Yeah, well, and I think kind of on the flip side, as you know, most of the people listening to this podcast, most of you listening to this podcast are not pastors. Um, but I still think if if we are a little more generous and charitable with how we look at non-Christian music mm -hmm. and we look for those things, we like they're singing about God's reality. Like there's nothing that's outside of his control that's um so when someone sings about when when Eminem raps about the brokenness that he's experienced in his life, that is, I mean, that's the world, that's creation, and it's been broken by our sin. And if instead of kind of whatever people's rants are about rap, and because I know a lot of, a, I, I shouldn't say this, a lot of Christians I've met on principle don't like rap music which is a whole separate rant for me but like if we're looking for these realities of god regardless of what the original intention of the song was 
I think any music can can really add to our well I shouldn't say that I think more music can be meaningful for our mm -hmm. our discipleship yeah I think there I'll, I'll admit uh, I think a lot of pop, pop music is is vapid um, <laughs> hang on where hang they, on ACT word ACT word dumb it down dumb it down it's dumb like there, there, there is no, <laughs> no meaning to it. I think one of the reasons I keep bringing up rap is that's a genre where a lot of times you tell stories. The good ones tell stories in their songs. Mm -hmm. I don't know about these new mumble rappers, but I'm starting to sound like an old person complaining about the, the new music of the day. But um, so I'll admit, like a lot of pop music has very little meaning to it. But a lot of alternative music has has some themes there that are worth reflecting on rap does it a lot, especially like if you're if you're looking for a lament a modern day lament. Mm -hmm. A lot of rap music's right right up that alley. Um, mm -hmm. And. I can't speak to country music because I don't listen to that. I, I don't I don't listen to a lot of country, but if you go into like underground underground country and old school country you find a lot more of that like if you listen to johnny cash you're gonna find a lot of uh very christian themes in there i mean the man um held to his faith throughout his lifetime it, like he certainly had his struggles along the way but he he was an avowed christian and you'll find a lot of people in country music that write to christian themes whether or not they necessarily uphold the faith, because that's part of the, the culture of country music. Right. Um, but there's a lot of really poppy modern country that just kind of does what regular pop does. Um, and I'll also speak here to uh, folk music. Um, and um, oh, what was the other genre I was going to bring up? Oh yeah, death metal. <laughs> like, there are there are some really strong themes in both of those genres as well that like that speak to the realities of the world um and something that you kind of brought up josh was that like this music speaks to the reality of our world this music speaks to the reality of our god to some extent uh, even if it isn't explicitly about him and it's also important for us to realize that like these people are doing this with a daily bread that was given from God as a blessing that like their skills, their talents, their abilities to write, to create art, to produce music. Um, and so like we can celebrate the beauty of something created from a non-Christian perspective, realizing that it was given as a gift from God in the first place. Right. And now we're, we're reflecting on that. We're using it for our discipleship, for our benefit, for our gain. And obviously, like Josh said, there are places and times where that music is either pointless and meaningless or like degrades the God that we know and love. And those things at different times can be useless, if not destructive. Um, and we need to be careful. But I think more often than not, the music that we hear around us from from sources outside of Christianity can be helpful to us in a lot of different ways.
Yeah. Um, I think so. We covered worship music. We covered mm -hmm. secular music. Oh, apparently my lights decided to turn off. I think my wife is messing with me. We have a smart home for anyone who's watching the video. So like my lights can be turned off and on from a distance. <laughs> um, anything else we need to cover? I'm trying to think. The only no. thing I have written down on my little note card is these hoes ain't loyal, so. <laughs> I think we can, I think we can do takeaways. I got a spicy take for my takeaway, but oh, let's hear the spicy take, and then so my, I'll, I'll, my, if necessary, I'll provide milk afterward. Okay, so my spicy take for for the takeaway uh, is that over the last hundred hundred and fifty years, the church has largely failed to produce good quality worship music. Oh, is that it? That's it. Oh, okay. Um, that wasn't too spicy. Well, I guess if you're in the church music world, that might be spicy. That might be spicy. Yeah. And if uh, you, did, you didn't if your name is Hayden me. Lucas, if your name is Hayden Lucas and you're listening to this, uh, can you give us some like some good worship songs, like <laughs> like deep intellectual theological? Oh, uh, not reflective. too intellectual. No. Huh? I don't want to have to sound the word out while we're singing it. <laughs> okay. Run it by I can't Josh decide here. whether or not people listening to this are, are going to think we're too smart for our own good or too stupid to be alive. <laughs> so like, if you're listening to this, let us know how, how smart do you think we are? <laughs> um, the answer may surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> um so my takeaway is uh listen to more rap music it's good for you puts you in touch with the world um i'm not kidding if if i if more people listen to rap i'd be happier because then i could share my joys um so uh, prayers, pray for your worship leaders, pray for people who serve musically in worship, pray for songwriters, and uh, pray for us and our brains, I guess. Um, shameless plugs, we are on, uh, we are on all the, the podcasting platforms that matter, uh, Pandora, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Mute, whatever they're calling it these days, Apple's podcasting platform, Google Podcasts, um, Podbean, and there's one other one, iHeartRadio. Yeah, so we're on all of those. Check us out, subscribe, make us feel good about ourselves by knowing that people listen on a regular basis. Um, if likes are a thing on your uh, on your platform of choice, go ahead and, and heart, the, heart the track if you like the episode. And uh, share it with your friends, especially if there's one that you like, as we're talking, you keep thinking of someone, send, send it to them. Um, so that's, uh, that's that. And we have a Facebook page, whatever. It's mostly there. So if you want to contact us and you don't have a personal relationship with us, 
you can do so, right? You can message that Facebook page or, or post on, on that Facebook page and we'll see it. So that's if you want to submit a topic, if you would like to come on as a guest, if you would like to try us to try and get someone as a guest, all of those are perfect things to send our way and we will do our best. Um, we love to have people on. We love to talk to people about all sorts of different stuff. And there's all that. I think I had one more shameless plug, but now I can't remember what it is. I guess it wasn't that important. So with that, brothers and sisters, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.